Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Nate, and with me, as always, is the one who knows less about everything than I do, Sir Charles, Chuck Lawrence, Charlie Thompson. How's it going today, man? You still trading over there right now? How much less? A considerable amount. I don't don't know if that's true. Yeah. I don't know if that's true at all. No, I'm not. Well, then, uh, of course, you wouldn't know that it's true. I don't know that I'm done. I, do. I don't know that I'm done trading for the day. Yeah, uh, but I'm done trading for now while we do this, and it's been an interesting day. I can't wait to do the recap for everyone, and uh, I've had a lot of fun doing it. So this gr- this live group that we got going on, these guys and maybe ladies, I don't know. I, I think it's mostly guys. There's that ladies in the class. I don't think we have any yeah. ladies in the group in here yet. They're, they're pretty hilarious. And, uh, honestly, they are just as much of a, of a jerks as I am. Oh yeah. And I have really appreciate that's that. saying a lot too. It does to tell you the truth. I've, I've set the bar pretty high. And so I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really thankful for that, which by the way, if you want to join that, go to patreoncom slash good morning, Liberty, We've got patrons flying in the door like you just wouldn't imagine. We've got patrons coming out of our ears right now, man. <laughs> they're coming in, coming out, going in. <laughs> they're they're all over the place. And uh, yeah, we're just excited about what's going on. Everything is, you know, everything's just blowing up and we appreciate that. So thanks to all of our longtime supporters. It's because of y'all sharing that show and getting the word out, spreading the message, the good old message of liberty which is you own yourself. It's all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning, personal responsibilities, and uh, and NASCAR races. I we will talk s- about those every yeah, weekend. We're going to have to talk about NASCAR here in a sec. I was going to wear my NASCAR hat. I don't I don't know. You yeah. might have to switch that. I was going to say, you know, over the last couple of days, we did some interviews. We, we interviewed Spike Cohen, the yeah, vice right. presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party. Amazing interview. So, I mean, I was I'll so impressed. I'll it's a little strange coming in today and we're going to have a regular episode. It is. It's yeah. been weird not talking about like the news of the day right, right then. And we got a lot to catch up on. So that's been different, but such a great, such a great couple episodes. And I wanted to tell you guys, as Charlie just walks out of the room and he's, he's leaving, he, le- he left us, he's gone. I wanted to tell you guys, I've been really encouraged. I hope you guys have been too. It's been really nice to talk to a, to a couple people. We had Chrissy Mayer on yesterday, uh, you know, real fun conversation with her as well. So go back and listen to those episodes if you haven't. I've been really encouraged about the message overall because what we heard over the last couple of days was that people are, you know, our empirical evidence with a couple of people we talked to, but there's a way to talk to people and there's a way to try and get this message across that can actually make a difference. And that is what I think a lot of people are focusing on right now. And that's, that's very uplifting. It's very positive. Uh, I'm very happy about that because what we need is a switch on our messaging. And one of the great things we touched on on Monday was that the messaging issue, this is a, this is a free market. We're free market people. And we've got to accept that if people are not understanding our message or they don't think it's the right one, then we got to take that under, you know, we got to take the responsibility on that. And we have to figure out a better way to convince people that the government is not the answer to everything. And we have to take the responsibility on that. If there's a free market for messaging, then 
libertarians have been failing as far as that goes for a long time. And we have to figure out why. And one of the main reasons I think why is that people think the libertarians do not care about anyone but themselves. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. Now, everyone cares about themselves first to an extent, obviously. And that, that can even extend to caring about other people, which thus means you still care about yourself because you care about those other people. But we won't get into any Ayn Rand conversations you know, right now. But there's this misconception that libertarians are just out to make sure that they're okay. And while that's partially true, because it should be true from a standpoint, the idea that we don't care about the poor, we don't care about the disadvantaged, or we don't care about any form of systemic racism or police brutality, or we don't care about economic inequality or anything like that, that it's completely untrue. We just see that- We have this secret agenda of hating poor people. We have, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's just not the case. And Could you imagine just a bunch of people just hating poor people? I, I mean, know? there's probably a very small percentage of people who are like, yeah, hate those poor people. Like Let's you, make more poor people. You watch but, you watch children from Africa, like just trying to get water and their ribs yeah. are sticking out and their stomachs are all bloated because they're that starving. And then you laugh like is who, that a, who do you, who actually does that? Yeah, exactly. No one. Psychopaths. Yeah. So what you're saying is libertarians are psychopaths. They're not psychopaths we're not. is what I'm trying to not, say. No. And we've got to do a better job of getting that message across. We have to be empathetic or sympathetic or whatever, whichever one of those aesthetics that is. And we have to be able to show people that our way of doing things, which is the most amount of freedom for the most amount of people is actually the best way to go forward that we've seen the government try to fix all these things. Someone was talking about the other day on, uh, on yesterday on Jason Stapleton's page. Well, if we just would have taken the economic stimulus and given it to the poor, well, then we would have fixed a lot of problems. And I responded with, we've already given uh, the estimate is right around 27 trillion. It's probably more than that. Now that we've given since the war on poverty and it hasn't done anything. What You're telling me that there's just $500 billion more that we can give and the problem's going to be solved, or we can tax Jeff Bezos and the problem's going to be solved? Which, but by some, the way, we know the war on poverty was started due to racism. Oh, man. <clears throat> these, that was I, a very interesting quote you found. I looked it up just to make sure that these were were legit, because obviously when you pull it up, you get things from like Snopes and Slate, and they say, well, there's no hard evidence that he said specifically that, but then... When you look at what Lyndon Johnson said about the Great Society and the war on poverty and, and what he had to do you know, during the civil rights era and everything, it's disgusting. It's completely disgusting. And you have to know that there was an agenda behind it, and that agenda has been carried out to a T so far. So we have to ask ourselves, is it really just the government and taxation that can fix everything? Or is there maybe another way? That maybe or it's ask best yourself, have these policies actually worked? Have they worked? Have what we've done over the last 100 years actually worked? The answer and is no. The answer is no. Yeah, it's the, clearly no. The poverty rate is roughly the same since the war on poverty began. And we've spent nearly $30 trillion directly trying to fight poverty through welfare and all kinds of things. And, you know, there's a possibility, a slight chance that Nate and I could be wrong. And a lot of libertarians could be wrong about how you govern people, how you build a society. It's very minimal chance, but it's possible that we're wrong. But what we are for sure right about is that what we have done over the last hundred years has been absolutely atrocious 
for the lot of the ordinary people. Mm. Now, there's been good things, too. There's, there's obviously like the poor today live way better than they did 100 years ago. But that isn't due to the 30 trillion we've spent on the war on poverty since the 60s. No, it's been due to people fighting through the government hurdles. And despite 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 every all the obstacles in their way, they're still able to, to capitalize and, and provide value and make better uh, people's lives better at a cheaper cost than we've ever seen. So it, it's not, and, and you know, the only way that you can really try to predict the future or try to understand whether an idea will work or not is based on history. That's all you have to go off of because we, you don't know what you don't know, uh, which is an old saying, the old, old saying, I think it's <laughs> from the, uh, from, from Australia, I believe. You don't know what you don't know, mate. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, I was going to see if you'd say it properly. Where, I was down yeah. there surfing and that's where I heard it. Yeah. You know, back in the day. So anyway, uh, <laughs> down under. But anyway, you don't know what you don't know. So you have to base it off history. And if you look at history, it's easy to see that the more freedom you can give ordinary people, the the sure amount of genius that you unlock is is un, it's like unimaginable. We have no idea what the next person is going to come up with. And if they never have an opportunity and they have barriers in their way to come up with that, then the, the human race itself suffers. The idea is that the more people that have that opportunity, the more thing, if you just think on a statistical basis, if a very, very, if 0.0001% of people that have the opportunity are actually going to change the world, probably less than that, yeah. actually, then you want as many people to have that opportunity to change the world as possible. And people think that that, that opportunity comes from stimulus checks or welfare or, or free or education whatever. and free health care. That's not what it is whatsoever. That stifles opportunity because it puts up barriers in the way of people making free decisions. So what I wanted to address is that we we have had a messaging problem. This is something that we've been trying to address on this show for a long time. The libertarian message is the correct message, and we know that, but we have not done a good enough job showing everyone else why it is the correct message, or everyone would think it's the correct message. And while you might disagree with that, well, some people just aren't, it doesn't matter. No excuses. Take the responsibility and do a better job. Stop trying to change 97% of the world over to your brain's way of thinking and see if there's a way that you can speak in a way that will reach other people. That That's where I would go with that. So let's, as as we move on from that, let's talk I about Bubba. I wanted to say you were, you were talking about, um, well, we're going to talk mm -hmm. about Bubba. We were also talking about some racism and other stuff beforehand. I mentioned this in our interview with Spike on Monday, but for those of you that haven't heard heard it, if you want a really, really good emotional argument for our message and systemic racism and things that have existed through government force and government power, watch Just Mercy. Have mm -hmm. you seen that? Yeah, I saw it in theater. Oh my god! Yeah, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's good. That that's ever that's like. I've as man as I am, I haven't cried that much since probably aught nine back in aught nine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what I, you know, whenever Titanic came out you know, that's when I cried, <laughs> you know, I, I just felt when, so bad when Jack died or when Rose lived. No, it's when those, uh, it's when the, it's when the string, uh, quartet or trio or whatever they were, you know, decided they were going to keep playing on the ship. 
And I was like, ah, oh, man, those are some nice violins. <laughs> there they go. No, it was, I mean, that was just heart-wrenching, heart-wrenching. The yeah. movie should have been half the length. All right, let's talk about <laughs> Bubba. Oh, Bubba, no. Bubba Wallace, if you guys haven't been following hashtag Newsgate, I recommend you go on Twitter and just look up Newsgate real quick. But Bubba Wallace says he's never seen a garage pool like the one in Talladega. So if you don't know the story, here's what happened over the weekend, I believe, maybe Sunday-ish, something like that, or uh, Friday, Saturday, I don't know when it was. So there was reports, and now to be fair to Bubba, he is not the one who reported this. It was people in his crew, I believe, that reported this and made this a media story, that there was a noose hanging in his garage over his car. Now, this is obviously because people are so mad at NASCAR. First off, there's rampant racism everywhere uh, in the country, everywhere you go. And secondly, NASCAR takes a very high statistical sample rate of all those racists and, and puts them all in a group together which could be partially true. I don't I don't know. There could be a higher percentage. But anyway, they banned the Confederate flag. People have been upset with that. Uh, you know, he put Black Lives Matter on his car. People upset with that. And and now we have the story where there's a noose hanging in the garage. And y'all know we love NASCAR, man. Come on. Well, we got we to gotta get us on that. I thought you were going to go put your NASCAR hat on when you went out. That's honestly what I went to go do. Yeah. And I can't find it. That's I couldn't find it enough time. Conspiracy. And I didn't want the I didn't want those to think that I was leaving the show because of their comments. So here's here's the problem. It wasn't a noose. What it was was a was a rope pull on a garage. If you've ever had a garage that didn't have a motor on it, well, a lot of times they'll have a rope at the bottom of it where when it's open, you can grab the rope and you can pull it down. Especially if it's real tall. If it's a tall one. Yeah. And which I would imagine these are probably taller than your average home garage. Yeah, this more, is at Talladega, man. More, more than likely. So the the problem here is we've been talking about whether or not this was like a Jesse Smollett or Juicy Smouye, however you say it, whether or not this was that kind of situation. It's similar only this wasn't initially Bubba Wallace who was coming out saying that there was a noose in the garage. It was it was someone else doing it. So I don't think this whole thing was created. I don't think Bubba Wallace and his crew put a rope up in the thing so he could post and say that there was a rope in the garage or anything like that. What, you know, different from what happened with Jesse Smollett. So it's so it's a little it's different from that. It is just to be as fair to Bubba Wallace as possible. But he's still as as late as last night still on CNN saying that this was a noose. And the FBI has conducted an investigation. They found photos from October 2019 where the same rope was still hanging in that garage because it's a pull-down rope for the garage door. Well, that's Trump's FBI, so they probably didn't investigate I guess it properly. So. They probably didn't. Yeah, they, they probably did not investigate it properly. So we'll go through here. This is from USA Today, and I'll try to skip through here and get the stuff that matters. NASCAR driver Daryl Bubba Wallace Jr. was a guest on CNN Tonight with Don Lemon on Tuesday following the FBI's announcement that no charges will be filed related to the noose found in Wallace and the number 43 Chevrolet team's garage stall at Talladega on Man, Sunday. Talladega's fun. <laughs> that place I'm is I'm surprised fun. you remember it. The FBI and U.S. <laughs> Department of Justice said their investigation determined the noose had been in the garage stall since at least October 2019, and it was not a hate crime directed at Wallace or the team. On CNN, Wallace, the only black driver in the NASCAR Cup Series, addressed the mountain of criticism and hate now directed at him on social media, with people continuing to call the incident a hoax and disparagingly comparing the 26-year-old driver to the actor Juicy Smouye. And he said he's pissed. That's what he said in quotes right there. I'm pissed, man. I'm pissed. If you guys don't know why I'm saying Juicy Smouye, then look up. 
Dave, Dave Chappelle. Chappelle. I can't wait for him to do a, to a, do a joke just, on this one. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> Wallace said he's used to haters and critics, but it stings a little bit worse when they're trying to test your character. So this is what he said. He said, the image that I've seen of what was hanging in my garage is not a garage pool. I've been racing all my life. We've raced out of hundreds of garages that never had a garage pools like that. So people that want to call it a garage pool uh, put out old videos and photos of knots as their evidence. Go ahead. But from the evidence that we have and that I have, it's a straight up noose. Mm. So this is still last night saying it's a noose. Now, try to connect the logic to me where why would this be hanging in the garage in October 2019? I mean, in preparation for the possibility that that Bubba would be assigned that garage at some point in the future during racial protests sweeping the nation? Like, was that kind of the idea? The, that that's why it was put there? That far in advance? How does this actually make any sense? So where I do fault him, where I do fault him on this is, listen, you can think that it was a noose to start with, and we can have that conversation and we can do an investigation. But when the investigation is done and you pull up photos from the fact that the thing was in the garage back in October 2019 when it was not your garage, someone else was using it, and it wasn't a black driver or anything like that, then you need to let it go and quit saying that it's a noose. I'm, I don't know who needs to know this, but ropes exist. They do exist. There, There is rope. You can go to Home Depot and buy a length of rope if you want to. And if you want to use that rope to, to pull something or something like that, well, well, you can tie it around in a little loop so you can have a little handle on the rope. That does not automatically make the noose or the rope a noose. We saw the same thing in, a, I can't remember the name of the town, maybe you guys will remember, but the in the park, I believe in Oregon somewhere, they had found several nooses hanging from a tree uh, in, a, in a park, and of course they had to do a hate crimes investigation, things like that. This was last week sometime, I can't remember the exact story, but they had to do a hate crime investigation, and the guy who put the nooses in the tree came out and said, those aren't nooses, I use those to work out. Those are workout ropes. The guy was black, by the way. And he came out and said, those aren't nooses. Those have been hanging there for a long time. And I use them to work out. Maybe his friends use them to work out as well. Even after the guy who was black, who put them in the tree, came out and said, those aren't nooses. I put those there to work out. They still said they had to do a hate crimes investigation because the intent of the ropes hanging there did not matter. Now, that's insane. Now, That's I, completely insane. And I was looking up the pictures and because I wanted to to check to see what it even looked like. Now, if you go back to the older pictures back in October, November of 2019, the rope was just hanging straight down. Yeah. And it was nearly touching the floor. Now, garage number four, it's it's pretty high up. But in garage number five, it's a longer, longer rope. And if you look at the picture in June, it is tied into a noose. I mean, it's yeah. tied in a circle and it's wrapped around. Yeah. But I mean, that, do you think somebody's going to hang? Like if you got hung on that garage, you would fall to the floor. The, the, the door would <laughs> shut. The door would shut. Yeah. Now, I, now, I don't think the idea is that I, they're worried someone's going to be hung from it. I think they think it's like an intimidation tactic. Like basically. some kind of sign. Yeah. yeah just like, to just to do that. But I mean, obviously, yeah, the garage door would be a terrible location to to do anything if you were going to try and swing on that if you're going to try and work out on it 
or you know do do anything you want to put a tire swing on there or something like that it's just going to fall down but if it is an intimidation tactic well then that's you know that's on another level that's a, you know vandalism or intimid- whatever the laws are on whatever that's going to be but the point is you have to connect the logic of whether or not someone put this in the garage in October of 2019 when there was a different driver using it in preparation that maybe Bubba Wallace was going to be using this garage someday. Is, is, is that what anyone actually thinks happened? And so that's where I get annoyed with this. Is Bubba Wallace still going on CNN last night and saying it's a straight up noose? No, it's not. It's a rope that's tied in a loop. Oh, wait, hang on. It was tied in a loop in November of 2019. Yeah. It was tied in a loop. And this is uh, whoever drive whoever drove the Menards 21 car. He was in that garage at that time. Maurice says, I thought we wrote a law to confiscate all ropes. Or he said we could put up a sign that says no ropes allowed. That could work too. A rope-free zone, potentially. Yeah. Like a rope-free. That would I will be, say, like, look, I wouldn't put it past Alab- people in Alab- some people in Alabama <laughs> to, no, like, to do an imi- imi- uh, intimidation thing. But actually, going back and looking at all the pictures, and I think I found all of them now which the, with the correct uh, timestamps. And this is coming from TMZ, by the way. It's no, no right-wing conspiracy theorist publication. Uh, but you can see the noose is tied in the rope back in November of 2019 with the white driver being pictured in this he drove the menards 21 car i don't know who drove that but uh i should know because man i'm such a big fan of nascar but uh, <laughs> i'm not i'm not really that much of a fan of nascar yeah i've never really known but you to i've been to bristol and talladega they're both it really wasn't fun. for the race no 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 there's lots of other things that happen at those races <laughs> um that i can't go into on this show but um but 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 in 2019, it was already tied there, which means somebody took the long rope because it was it is really long, and they probably just tied it up to, for easier access because no, you don't want to pull a rope from the floor to get the garage down. Yeah, and I could tell you, like, look, I've been around racing for a very long time. One of my good friends still races late models. At his house, he has a garage with a really tall and uh, a really tall opening. It's a really tall garage door. And it's so he can get like the semi in and out like the trailer and get his car out and all that kind of stuff. And it's a really big, you know, working barn. Yeah. And so growing up with him and we hung out together all the time. He still races. Late Is that models. where I'm remembering using a rope on yes. the garage door before? Yeah. Okay. Cause I know I'm remembering specifically having to pull down had a, a garage door with a rope. We had a rope yeah. on that garage. And it, there was nothing racist about it. And I can't remember if a loop was tied into it or not. I don't think because I think it was a shorter rope. Um, but literally, you have to grab the rope to pull it. Pull well, it so down. So it was a potential noose. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that we don't that we didn't get any hate yeah, mail. Back attempted then. noose is what is so, what happened there. So what I titled the episode was "The Driver Who Cried Wolf," and this is what I tweeted. It, it is blown way out of proportion. Well, and now like. We know it wasn't a noose. We know someone didn't put it in there because Bubba Wallace was using the garage. End of story. That's it. But the problem is the story's already out there. Most people aren't going to watch the follow-up or they're not going to believe it. This happens on all sides, by the way. This happens on all political sides. But the initial story is all that matters. What, what matters is that some people saw a story that there was a noose in Bubba Wallace's garage and it reaffirmed their beliefs that America is just full of vicious racists and that, that black people are in danger anytime they leave their houses. And... That reaffirms that belief. Now that 
is true on an individual case-by-case basis as if it's true with anyone who is in danger when they leave their house. And, and so, I mean, you can, you can look at all, we're not going to go into the numbers and all the, all, all the stats on that, but you guys know what, what I'm saying there. I titled it the driver who cried wolf because the issue I see with this is that if you think about the story, you know, you just imagine your girl who cried wolf story. And she cries wolf and people come and there's no wolf. And she cries wolf and people come and there's no wolf. She cries wolf, people come, there's no wolf. And then there is a wolf sometime. And she cries wolf and no one pays attention. Because she's cried wolf so many times that no one cares and they just think that she's making it up. So what I tweeted earlier was that this this is the problem I see. Because if people are actually going to hang a noose or attempt to hang someone or intimidate them in some kind of really terrible racist fashion, well then that needs to be addressed but if you have too many of these instances happen where it's totally fake, like the story in, in Oregon, or it was a misunderstanding, like the Bubba Wallace thing, or you get the Juicy Smoothie thing happening up in Chicago, like when you have those things happen repeatedly over and over again, pretty soon no one believes a single thing that they see. And that's what we've seen in our society so far. We've seen so many fake stories that no one believes anything unless it reaffirms their pre approved opinion that they've already got about something. So if you're on the left, you believe that this was a noose. If you're on the right, you don't think that it was anything and it's hashtag news hoax. And that's that's what's going to be out there. And the problem is this detracts from the times that this is actually a real problem that needs to be addressed. And so we need to take these things seriously. Like we say all the time, people aren't taking the actual problem seriously mm-hmm. enough because when you make a joke out of it, when you make a... a make it a farce, then no one's going to actually pay attention when it's a real thing. And that is dangerous. That part is actually dangerous. So that's why you need truth in the actual matter. You need truth in the media and truth in the reporting. That's what uh, Dave Chappelle said about Juicy Smollier. He was saying what the what the uh, LGBTQ crowd didn't understand is that black people were supporting Juicy Smoulier. <laughs> With their silence. With our silence. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because we knew what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> MAGA hats. <laughs> All right. Uh, the, the second part of his statement here, I think, is very interesting because he knows, remember, he knows exactly what a noose looks like, right? And then he says, the FBI has stated that it was a noose over and over again. NASCAR leadership has stated that it was a noose. I can confirm that. I actually got evidence of what was hanging in my garage over my car around my pit crew guys to confirm that it was a noose and never seen anything like it. Except for it's been hanging there since last year. Since 19. It's it's It was already there. Like, that's where I get annoyed. It was already there. We know that. We know that now. So we need to cool it on calling it a noose. Okay. Yeah, and I think it was all well and good for the team member to, you know, bring it to the attention of the crew chief and for the crew chief to contact NASCAR and say, hey, is there anything nefarious going on? Because guess what? Normal, regular people don't have access to those garages. So it'd have to be somebody with or know or knew somebody that has access. And to I believe I read in here, to be fair to Bubba, once again, the drivers don't even have access to the garages until the day of the race, I don't think. I believe that's what it says later in the article. Yeah. So, so I don't know. It's, it's, uh, he's not even allowed to go to the garage and has to stay in his motorhome until called to his car for the start of the race. That's the first time he can go to it. It said, and at the very bottom of the article, he says it was a noose that was whether, whether or not it was tied in 2019 or whenever it was a noose. 
So it wasn't directed at me, but somebody tied a noose. <laughs> One thing we need to look up real quick is... Uh, is noose tying illegal? I'm not sure. Let me just look up what the definition of noose is. Because it is potential that a rope looped around itself and tied to itself is just the definition of a noose. And therefore, it would technically be a noose. But I do think that the underlying intent of the noose matters. I feel like it does. It says a loop with a running knot tightening as the rope or wire is pulled and typically used to hang people or trap animals. Okay. So we could have been trying to trap animals I don't in that garage. I'm not sure. Okay. There are other like slip knots, by the way, was was basically what it is. It's a, it's a sophisticated slip knot. That's what a noose is. Yeah. And people tie slip knots all the time. In fact, some people even listen to Slipknot. I, you can tie them. You can listen to them. Anything you want to do. They just have one of the smartest tactics ever, you know, to never, you never know what they look like. I mean, they could, they could walk in the room right now yeah. and you wouldn't know that it was someone from Slipknot Slip. unless he was wearing a insanely scary mask. Slipknot. Exactly. So, all right, let's, let's move on. I think we, I think we covered that. All right. That's, you know, I, I just wanted to get out what my actual what my problem with this is that if this is a serious problem that we need to worry about someday, then we need to take it seriously. And when it isn't a noose, then we need to say, okay, this wasn't a noose, but we do need to care when it is instead of just calling, you know, crying noose all the time. Every time you see a rope that's been tied back around on itself. Yeah. So anyway, Sam makes a good point. He says plot twist. The news, the noose was tied there by a bag holder playing the long game. Yeah, because this makes sense, by the way. <laughs> Playing the long game that eventually a black NASCAR driver would end up in that pit garage and somebody just cashed exactly, in. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that has to be the idea, by the way, since we know what was there since then. So now the idea has shifted that if this was a noose meant to intimidate black people in any kind of way, that it was put there, in fact, in at least November 2019, under the assumption that maybe there would someday be a black NASCAR driver in there. That has to be your opinion on this if you still think that that's the kind of news that this was. Right. Or it would make, I mean, or there's no, the problem is we're trying to make sense out of a situation that doesn't, that doesn't make, make any sense. sense. So, By the know. way, Maurice said something very hilarious in the live group, which I think if I try to run for office one day, I don't think I can repeat. Well, you, you can't run for office based on <laughs> the things that have been said in this podcast. It's too late. So you guys need, seriously need to get in on this group, patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. Maurice, that's just ridiculously hysterical. Uh, Mama just to get him off the porch with a broom. Raccoon's coming off porch. <laughs> I'm just chasing him off with a broom. So, all right, on to statues. Our favorite thing. Are Do you people, care about statues? Are people trying to hang statues? Are they trying um, to noose them up? No, because then people would care about the statues. Or trying to pull them yeah, down. Trying to pull. In this case, the nooses are entirely warranted. <laughs> I honestly, I don't care about statues at all. I, you know, I think. Um, I think they're cool art. Like they look difficult to do. Yeah. Especially if you did it by hand. That's probably very difficult to create a sculpture sculpture like that. Um, but honestly, I don't I don't care about statues. Especially like if they were built with public money and your public right. doesn't really have any money and the money was stolen from people. Like I don't care about the statues. Now some private person has private property that they've commissioned the building of a statue and put it up up there. Well then like, that's a problem. Sure, they can you have know, it. Then that's your private property, and it's being destroyed as anyone else's property. The problem with public property is that we all own it, and as 
as as JS would say, when everyone owns something, no one owns it. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue because now these statues, which we all own because we've all paid some taxes into the system, are just being destroyed and I don't have any say about it. Right. And that's what sucks. Someone else gets to destroy something that's no more theirs than it is yours. Right. That sucks. And, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, I don't care about them as long as we don't start erasing history books and coming after people's private property. Yeah. I did see Austin Peterson's post, by the way. He said, tear down all statues. Statutes. (laughs) Statutes. Sorry. I said it wrong even after reading it. Stare down. Yeah. All the statutes. We need to stare down all, tear down all the statutes for sure, man. (laughs) The only one they're not going to get, I think, is uh, Benjamin Franklin, who sits on top of a building. <laughs> where's, be a where's tough that? one. Yeah, where's that? Sta- that Galdern Washington Monument's going to be tough yeah. too. Uh, all right, rioters destroy state of the uh, state of. Sorry, rioters destroy statute of Union Colonel who died fighting slavery and Confederacy. Also destroyed the forward statue. This is coming from the Daily Wire. Thanks, Ben. Violent rioters in Wisconsin destroyed two statues on Tuesday night, including a statue of a Union colonel who died fighting against slavery to bring an end to the Confederacy. Why is colonel spelled so weird? It's really stupid. Yeah. Whoever decided that colonel should be spelled that way is a straight-up idiot. And I know it was some Galdern Frenchman who decided that that's Let's how it had to be spelled. tear that statue down. Yeah, it's, it's real dumb. <laughs> real dumb. The destruction of property happened outside the Wisconsin state capitol where rioters destroyed the statues of Wisconsin's motto forward and Colonel Hans Christian Haig, an abolitionist who died trying to end slavery during the Civil War. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reported Haig was an anti-slavery activist who fought and died for the Union during the U.S. Civil War. The outlet notes his nearly 100 year old sculpture was decapitated and thrown into a Madison Lake by protesters. They don't even, you know, it's like you get to that point where it reminds me of, uh, uh, is it? Yeah. It reminds me of brick and anchor man. He's like loud noises. I don't know what we're yeah. yelling about, but I'm going to join in. Like this is a, a, it's, it's a, it's a statue. So thereby default, it fits into the statue group. And what we know about statues is they're bad. Is they're bad. They're old. And so it doesn't matter what they represent or anything like that. We need to tear it down. It also like, you know, I was digging into this Aunt Jemima thing a little bit more and Uncle Ben and some other black people that their face is on products that are on store shelves everywhere and they want to take them off. And like the Lando Lakes butter. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. I'm like, but that's like the worst thing you can do. Well, I look at the. And if uh, you look into Aunt Jemima, I don't remember her real name now, but she died as like one of the first black millionaires. And her face is painted where everybody can see it and remember it. Now I'll have Isn't to look that, it up because what I read specifically was that she wasn't a real person and that that was a character created. No, so, I looked at the Wikipedia and, I, read, and I, I started doing research because I was like, I don't know if this is true. I saw, you know, I kept seeing the memes. Yeah. And I started digging on it and it is true. I did look up, I uh, saw that Uncle Ben was based on a real person. That w- His name was not Ben, but that that was based on a real person as well. Yeah. And what you're saying, uh, I, I agree. Now, uh, private companies do whatever they want. That it's, it's dumb, especially if, the, if it's someone's legacy. Like, let's say that they're really good at making syrup or they're really good at making rice or something like that. Well, it's kind of dumb to go ahead and change this. So it's, you know, the did you see, we talked about how Florida, they took away, they banned the gator bait chant at, uh, oh, at, yeah. is that the University of Florida? Is uh-huh. that what that is? So they banned the gator bait ch- chant because 
while the president of the school said, we know that there are no racist origins to this chant and that there's nothing racist about it. It could be, uh, it could be deemed or seen as racist because of the negative connotations. Now, the, the crappy part about that was the guy who started that chant is black and makes a lot of money off of royalties and memorabilia and things like that based on gator bait and was very upset that the college decided to stop using it. And, and that's, we're just in a society where there's no, there's no logic or consistency to the goal whatsoever. Why would you tear down a statue of someone who fought for the Union, who spent their li- lost their life fighting slavery? Because they don't actually care. About the I, real movement. I think they I think they don't know. Like you said, it's just we're mad. Here's something. We gotta tear it down. And and that's it. It's like, you know, like and you go around and punching holes in your wall because you're mad about kinda, something. You know, it's not the walls for fart or fault. Yeah, either one. Yeah, the walls. The wall didn't fart and it's not fart, also yeah. not its fault. Either one of them. And you Are just Are you saying you farted? <laughs> That it was a Freudian slip, is what that what that oh, okay. was. Yeah, the Freudian slip happens whenever <laughs> you you don't mean to say something. But if you go and you just start punching holes in your wall because you're mad, like that's what it reminds me of, and and it makes no sense. It solves no problems, and especially if you're going to be tearing down statues. Listen, we can talk about statues of Confederate generals and people who fought to keep slavery, or we can talk about the Confederate flag. Or some, uh, listen, I'm, you know, I don't feel upset when I see the Confederate flag. I don't understand it, why people are so attached to it, really. Uh, but I also, I do understand why people would feel a little bit of uh, annoyance or a little bit of, you know, what would you think if you were a person of color and you saw people waving the Confederate flag? Well, you know, everything that you've learned your whole life is that that flag stood for people who wanted to keep slavery. So then you see someone flying that flag. I understand people having an emotional response to that. So I would at least, I'm not saying I would agree with it, but what I'm saying is I would at least understand if we were only targeting, by we, I mean human beings, were only targeting the the Confederate flag or Confederate generals Things like that, people like that in history that have, that they think have been glorified by the country, and that we don't need to be glorifying them with a statue. We could at least have that conversation. But when it stems out to tearing down statues of people who lost their lives fighting against slavery, tearing down statues of Ulysses S. Grant, who who commanded the army, uh, you know, and and were, was instrumental in defeating the South in the fight against slavery. When it comes down to tearing down a Matthias Baldwin statue who started the first ever school for African-Americans in Philadelphia at a time when there weren't any and spent 30 years of his life fighting to abolish slavery. like When you get down to things like that, you know that there's no principle, there's no consistency, there's no logic whatsoever. There is no unifying idea here Mm-mm. except for that history is bad and history starts now. And everything that was before right now was bad. It's it's straight up 1984. It it, it couldn't have, George Orwell couldn't have been any more right about the stuff that he wrote in 1984 and and Animal Farm and all that. It's it's insane. But when you get down to that, that's where I'm like, well, I can't I can't su- really just support people tearing down the statues, it's almost like the defund the police movement where I'm like, well, yeah, we probably could defund the police in some kind of way, but is it being done for the right principles? 
Is are we going to defund the police and come up with this amazing libertarian free market privatized police afterwards, or is it going to be the Antifa SS that comes out and starts beating people <laughs> to death in the streets? You know, so if it's not being done for the right principal reason, you need to worry about when that's going to lead to your house eventually. So you can't just jump on something. Well, at least we don't have to quarter them in our house, though. Yeah, because we have the third. We amendment. have the third amendment, and <laughs> so, we haven't had. We don't have to quarter the Antifa SS soldiers. It's be real confusing if we have to start fighting for our third amendment rights. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's gonna be really weird. You know what's interesting psychologically? You know, talking about how people they they just are upset and. Somebody gets the broad idea like, oh, well, there's a statue and let's just tear it down because we don't know. We don't know any history anyway, because they don't really teach that in, in school. And we were just you know, taught the Communist Manifesto and let's go tear it down. What's interesting psychologically is they've done studies on this, like in a mall or at a par- uh, amusement park or somewhere where there's a lot of people. They've set up lines and they like draw out this line. And the line is for nothing, but people, they put a few people in line and people just start getting in line and they have no idea why they're standing there. They have no idea where they're going. They have, they literally have no clue, but they see a line and they want to get in on it. It's, it's kind of like trading. You know, you see something going up and you want to get in on it. We did this in New York, by the way, when I was there with my band, uh, the, the, manager that was there with us and there were like a PR guy or something that was there with us. There were a few people and we were in the middle of Times Square and they were like, watch this. And the couple people that were with us started putting up their cell phones and taking pictures of us. And, and you know, would have someone come up and take a picture and stuff. And pretty soon you would look around and there was a crowd of people standing around taking pictures. They had no idea who we were whatsoever. They were just like, oh, look, everyone's over here taking pictures. I need to come over here and take a picture. It has of this. to be somebody famous. It was hilarious. They yeah. were like, he was literally like, watch this. Like, I'll just start. He just started doing this, like while we were while we were walking around. And all of a sudden you look around and there's people around taking pictures of you for they have no idea why they're doing it at all. Yeah, it was insane to watch. It's hilarious. And it made you feel really good, too. Well, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, you know, th- that, that psychological thing about human beings is so strange. Human beings are such weird creatures. Yeah. Like we're just, we're weird, weird chimpanzees, man. And I think that probably explains a lot of this. So yeah, people, anyway, go, with about, the, people go with the crowd. That's all I got. That's all about all, all right. I got to say about the statues. This is from the New I York. I wanted to interrupt what we were talking about real quick and uh, let everyone know that today is Nathaniel Paul Thurston's birthday right it is it's your birthday doth is my birthday hast thou yes been birthed yep uh it was aught uh can i give your age 87 it was aught 87 i turned 33 today 33 years old 33 and he still hasn't made it (laughs) (laughs) i have made it multiple times over all right still grinding it out trying to it is I'm kidding. Listen, any of you youngins that are listening to us today, let me tell you what. When you hit 30, your body stops. It's okay. It does all kinds of and weird now, stuff. Now, anyone 40, 50, 60 listening to me is like, oh, kid, you have no idea what you're talking about. I know. I'm telling you, there is something that happens once there's a three in front of your age. I literally, a crazy night to me would be staying up past 11. You like, know what's just weird? crazy. You know what's weird to me? I don't know if this has happened to you, but since I hit 30, I just start cramping up everywhere. Yeah. Like my lats cramp up here. <laughs> my calves start cramping. 
like my back, like the weird little tiny muscles in your back, they just start cramping up. Yeah, Maurice is right. It's uh, it's Josh's birthday too. Oh yeah. Remember we did that uh, test day and he said that was his birthday. Happy birthday, Happy Josh. Birthday. Yeah. And then you've got your sober date coming up. Yeah. It's four days, uh, right? June 28th. On the 28th, I turned two. Turned two. Yeah. From your from your rebirth. That's the one I actually care about the most. Yeah. Um, you know. Because well, you're young. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You're, you're only two at that birthday. How old are you? Two. Thank you. I'm 24 months, actually. That's, yeah, a, that's, that's how old a... I am. What if we all still set our birthdays in months, I like know. how old we were? Yeah. How many months old would you be? Yeah. I'm what always if, I'm always really annoyed by... What if we set our height in centimeters and our weight in kilograms? I'm annoyed by parents who were like... I'm like, how old's your kid? You're like, oh, he's like 37 and a half months. I'm like, so he's three. Yeah. Like, that's, that's how old he is, right? Like it's time to start counting in years. By the way, I have a, a fib that I need to come clean on. Okay. I was uh, I was at the doctor the other day and they had they had a nice little measuring stick. Yeah. And this one was really nice. Oh my it was god, you're not six eight, are you? And so I took my shoes off and I am two hundred and three centimeters, which is six, six and a half without oh, my shoes on. I knew you weren't really that yeah. tall. Yeah. So with yeah. shoes on, I'm like six seven. Yeah. Somewhere well, I mean, there. you've gotten older, and as time goes on, your I might spine have, decompresses and might all kinds of stuff, or compress, compresses, yeah. not, de- trust me, it doesn't decompress. I really, I've never actually been 6'8". Like, the highest I've ever measured at a doctor's office was 6'7 and a half. So the, we've been living a lie our entire lives. Yeah. It's just, do you want to tell people 6'7 and a half? Yeah. That's what, that's what I was measured at when I was like 22, something like that? Yeah. That's like, that was the last time I remember that. At a doctor's office. Back in your music days with your hair, you were probably six eight, six nine. At least pushing six ten. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Let's run through this. Anyway, I just want to say happy birthday to Nate. Y'all wish him a happy birthday. And wish uh Josh happy birthday as well. Yeah, happy birthday, Josh. And, and uh, <laughs> Marie says three hundred and eighty four months. <laughs> <laughs> now let me tell you guys real quick, being my birthday, you know you always reflect on all the years and all those things. Let me tell you real quick. Pay attention. It gets it keeps going faster. You know, enjoy everything. It really does, actually. And that means now, too. Like, that doesn't mean that right now I need to be all depressed about how I missed a bunch of stuff. Because then I'll just spend all my time being depressed about how I missed a bunch of stuff. And then I'll miss a bunch of stuff as that's going on. And then when it turns 40. Because you'll miss a bunch of stuff by missing. By yeah. missing. Which is what I did when I was. stuff. Like, there's a balance. Because when I was in my 20s, all. And I still do it now, really. But I'm trying to enjoy things more. All I did was worry about work. I put all my time into work, into making money, playing music. That's that's all we were doing. When you play music, time goes by a little bit faster because you live by show dates. Like that's how it's the next show, the next show, the next show. Mm-hmm. And so the the time goes by faster. Plus you're drunk the whole time. And then yeah. when <laughs> you and then you get through it and you're like, man, I wasn't paying attention at all. Now I'm really thankful for all the time I put into learning things when I was in my twenties and and you know, making money and paying off debts and doing all that kind of stuff when I was in my twenties. But I, if I were to change one thing, it would be to, to pay attention just a little bit more. You know, I've, I've been to, I've been to 50 States and 14 countries and I, I hardly remember any of it. And Mm -hmm. that's not just because of the alcohol. It's because I was so stressed out. I was so worried about what was next. I was always (laughs) trying to build towards the next thing all the time that I never stopped and looked around hardly ever. And you can ask anyone that was on the road with me, anyone that saw me during my 20s, I was never content, satisfied, happy, uh, you know, any of that stuff. I was never in the moment ever. 
So while I don't think you should only be in the moment, uh, because then you don't ever look towards the future, there is a balance where you need to be working strongly towards the future, but also make sure that you pay attention to some of the moments as they're going by. So anyway, that's all I got. Agreed. There's my old man words of wisdom for you guys. That was guys. a great show. Uh, thanks for tuning in. All right, see you guys later. <laughs> okay, so this is from the New York Post. I fact-checked it to make sure it was true. I went ahead and read the statute that this is talking about. Oregon County issues face mask order that exempts non-white people. That's a real thing. It's a real. I, I read yeah. it. I read it, and it, and it is real. Lincoln County, Oregon, has exempted non-white people from a new order requiring that face coverings be worn in public, in public, to prevent racial profiling. <laughs> you, I need you to help me figure out how this makes sense after after I go through this. Health officials announced last week residents must wear face coverings in public settings where they may come within six feet of another individual who is not from the same household. But people of color do not have to follow the new rule if they have heightened concerns about racial profiling and harassment over wearing the masks, officials said. This seems more racist. It, it is. Like, hey, we think masks will help you, but, yeah. the, but black people can't wear them. Yeah. <laughs> or we, it's don't okay have if, to. It's okay if black people don't wear them. It's like, and then later. That way they catch the disease. <laughs> Exactly. And we can talk about how the disease is racist. And then later on, yeah, exactly. They'll be talking about, oh, this could this kills predominantly black people. And and you're like, but you told them you, not to wear a mask. Literally made a law saying that only white people had to wear masks. <laughs> like it, it's insane. This is hilarious. No per. This is quotes. No person shall intimidate or harass people who do not comply. So it's but, not really a. <laughs> now this is the intimidation and harassment of people who don't comply. They're not talking about harassment of people who are wearing a mask. But now they're saying if people aren't wearing a mask, you can't intimidate or harass. This is it. It's just there's there's no there's no logic behind this whatsoever. And that's and what makes it so hard to talk about that. That right there makes the order null and void because yeah. because it doesn't matter whether you wear one or not. You can't be intimidated or harassed. Exactly. Oh, this is hilarious. With mask requirements becoming more common, activists have raised concerns that the directives could put non-white people in danger. For, in quotes, for many black people deciding whether or not to wear a bandana in public to protect themselves and others from contracting coronavirus is a lose-lose situation that can result in life-threatening consequences either way. How? How? Trevin Logan, who is black, said orders to wear face coverings are basically telling people to look dangerous given racial stereotypes that are out there. I don't even know where to go with this. In quotes, there is in the larger context of black men fitting the description of a suspect who has a hood on, who has a face covering on. If everyone has face coverings on, then everyone fits that description. Everyone does. Okay, if they're looking for a black person that has a face mask on, then just based on the fact that you are black and you have a face mask on does not mean that this is just simply racial profiling because you're black. It's because the description was of a black person who had a face covering on. And if they said it was a white person who had a mask on, then if there is a white person who has a mask on, then they're going to consider whether or not that is the person. <laughs> this, this is, is an insane. This we, is completely insane. This show is becoming a full segment of that don't make no sense. This is dumb bleep of the forever. <laughs> All the time. All the time. That don't make no sense. Man. Who done it? It's, it, it's first off, it's, it's racist. Remember, you can be penalized or even imprisoned for not wearing a mask. 
So it, it's crazy. Like literally you would only have white people who are in danger of getting in trouble for not wearing masks. And if you're black and you don't want to wear a mask and you can just say, well, I'm danger. I'm, I'm worried that there's going to be some type of racial profiling. Like this is, listen, equal, uh, Thomas Sowell had a really good quote and I'll pull it up, but he basically said that, uh, actually I'll pull it up here in a second. But the idea is if you've been given a leg up in some kind of a way, just say through uh, affirmative action or through non-discriminatory laws of any kind, then eventually equal treatment of the law will feel racist, will feel discriminatory. And this is exactly what that is. This is potential equal treatment of the law for everyone, regardless of their skin color. And if they, if, if they do get, if any people of color do get equal treatment of the law in the same way that the white person would, if there were a description out that said there's a white person wearing a mask, if there is actual equal treatment of the law, then it can be portrayed as racist. And it's, it's completely, I don't know, man, completely backwards. Now, listen, I'm not saying that we should be mandated to wear masks at all. I do think, you know, I've been thinking a lot on this lately. I think that it is pretty responsible to wear a mask if if you can if you don't have any under any health you know underlying health conditions. For instance, my mom went shopping for three hours uh, the other day with a mask on, and she ended up like hyperventilating and having a panic attack while she was at Walmart. Mm, yeah, and I've read about that. I mean, you got to think while you're if you're labor breathing in any kind of way around shopping for a while or whatever. I mean, you're if I'm at a, Walmart for three hours, I start hyperventilating. You're too, getting a very high. A you're getting the very high uh, ratio of carbon dioxide while you have the mask on, and and that's not going to be really. I mean, you're going to start feeling flushed and faint and like all, all kinds of stuff. So there are people who have underlying health conditions where it can actually be dangerous. Say your oxygen levels are low all the time. Something like that, like my like my grandma's are. She needs to be on oxygen or or pretty frequently. Like it's not really safe to put a mask on and and not be getting as high of oxygen levels as you normally would. But other than that, what I would say is, I think that there is a I'm not going to wear a mask because the government said to wear a mask, and so I'm not going to do it. I understand that, and that's that is what I practice when I go out in public. By the way, yeah. I do not wear a mask, so I'm not coming at anyone and saying, "Listen to me, I'm better than you, and I'm taking care of people, and you're not." That is not what I'm saying. But what I do want to be honest about is the conversation of: Is it more responsible for us on a societal level? Libertarians don't like that terminology, but if we do think that other that people will be responsible and take care of one another without the government forcing people to do it then is it responsible for everyone on a societal level to refuse to wear masks simply because they don't want to be following something that the CDC is saying that they should do or some, something like that? Is it safer to wear a mask or to, to not wear a mask if you do it properly? That's the question. If you do it properly, would the spread of a dangerous contagion be lower or the same? That would be my, my question. It would be lower. But really, like the mask isn't for you. It's it's for this other is, people. Right. Yeah. This is what a lot and of that's people That's what I'm don't. saying. Like you're relying on people to, if we're going to say that the free market and people will come together because it, incentives and all that stuff, and that we don't need a government directive to take care of something, and that the society can take care of itself without all these crazy laws, then if there is simply something you could do because it's better for the other people around you, then in a libertarian society, should people consider wearing a mask when they go out in public? They should. Yeah. 
It's and it's something that's not very hard to do. Yeah. Um. Now I I'm with you. I don't. I still don't wear a mask, so I'm not I, saying that I'm doing everything right I here. I'm wearing the conversation. I will. I do wear one where they require one. Yeah. Um. And I do if I'm going to be around older people than I than I have yeah. as well. I've got one hanging in my car. Um. But for the most part, I don't because I um I just don't see this disease from all the research that I've done as that big a deal. Yeah. I, I really don't. I, I see it as a big deal for old people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it. Yeah. That's because that's what it is a big deal. For I'm me. along the same lines. Like I said, yeah. I haven't been wearing one. I just think that there's an interesting libertarian conversation to have with whether or not we would actually be able to do the best things for society without government direction. And is that what we're well, seeing? And here's the thing though. If you're truly scared to go out of your house, you just don't, you just didn't go out of your house. Like yeah. my, my dad and his wife, they have some underlying conditions and so they don't go out, which is smart. Yeah. And you know, we had planned to go down there for Easter that obviously got canceled. Then we're trying to, you know, figure out a time over the summer to meet halfway. And typically my dad and I like to gamble. So like last year we met halfway um, at the casino. So we're like talking about that. And dad was like, well, I can't go to the casino. I'm like, what do you mean? They're opening back up. He's like, well, I can't be around that many people. I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because like you are older and stuff and you know, you could could track this thing that would kill you. That makes total sense. I agree with you. So we were talking about just getting a hotel that has like a pool and a grill and stuff like that, where we could meet halfway still hang out for the weekend and be able to see that side of our family. Um, So I think, yeah, I think if you are capable, it's something that's easy to do, but I don't think you should be mandated to do it. And I don't, if you don't feel like doing it, yeah, that's your choice. I agree. I, I don't think you should be mandated to do it. I'm not saying that there should and if be you're a law. Sick, you should be home. Yeah. Don't go out and, and if infect other people. If you're high risk, then you, if I were super high risk, I would be staying home until there's some type of a medication or something for it. You know, it, I would treat the flu and everything the same way, by the way, if I had, if I were prone to bouts of pneumonia and well, things like, like look, that, well, I would you, treat it the same way. If you knew that your parachute would not open, would you jump out of the plane? Well, it's like if you knew that someone had just stabbed a bunch of holes with a knife in your parachute, they would still open, but there's a chance it might rip apart. It might not. Yeah. It might work. It might not work. If you had Mighty Mend it. you Oh, man. Yeah, you you can mend him and jump out of that (laughs) plane immediately. Yeah. Well, speaking of COVID, Oklahoma reports highest ever daily COVID-19 cases. Of course. Of course they do. Was what, there a, what's in Oklahoma? Was there a rally in Tulsa? I hear that there was a big protest <laughs> against the Democratic Party in Tulsa. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cases of the novel coronavirus in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Continue to climb with the state reporting a record 478 <laughs> new infections. That's not funny. On June 21st. That's not funny, but that seems like a... a Seems like a low number. It's a very low number in contrast to other places, for sure. The highest daily case count since the outbreak began, according to the latest figures from John Hopkins University. Who's that guy? I don't know him. A record record single-day rise of 143 new cases was also reported Sunday in Tulsa County, according to the latest data from the Tulsa Health Department. Tulsa County's seven-day rolling average of new cases has been on a sharp incline from June 1st to June 21st, increasing from 13.7 to 112.1. Now, that little part's important because it was already on a sharp incline. 
Since June 1st, Since by the June way. 1st. It was already on a very sharp incline. The state's daily case count has been on a mostly increasing trend from around June 6th to June 21, rising from 52 to 478 daily new cases. Oklahoma's stay-at-home order expired on May 6th, but some businesses were allowed to remain uh, were allowed to reopen from April 24th with restrictions, including dining and entertainment venues as well as personal care services. Concerns over a spike in cases were raised by health experts in the lead in the lead up to Trump's Saturday rally in Tulsa. Saturday, by the way, that was June. Now, that was June 18th. Keep in mind what we talked 20th. about. Well, it was in the pre-show, but a week after the protests had started, I saw people talking about spikes in cases. You're talking about like NBC and Huffington Post talking about spikes in cases, which were blamed on the Memorial Day celebrations. Like not on the protest because it was too soon to be blaming it on the protest because you have to wait two weeks yeah. to know whether or not the protest fact, actually led to anything. I've seen headlines that say uh, no evidence of new coronavirus mm-hmm. cases from protests. Well, that's what we'll be talking about right afterwards <laughs> so, because we have to go through the hypocrisy in this idea. Yeah. Large scale political rallies were paused in March due to the threat of spreading infection among crowds. COVID-19 has an incubation period that ranges from around four to five days from exposure up to about 14 days, according to the CDC. Although Saturday's rally was not the cause of most recent spike, experts fear it will (laughs) make matters worse in coming weeks. Said it later in the article. Way down here in the middle, packed in the middle. Although Saturday's rally was not the cause of the most recent spike, experts fear it will make matters worse in coming weeks. Speaking to Newsweek, uh, Fagel Ding. (laughs) (laughs) Fagel Ding. How would you guys say F E I G L? F E I G L. Fagel? I guess it is Fagel, right? Fagel, Fagel, Fagel. F Ding. Ding. Said Friday. I do not think there is a high. I do not think there is a high risk of the Trump rally in Tulsa increasing risk uh, of further spreading the virus. Noting how serious the threat of increased infection across the country could be a result of Saturday's rally. He said, "I do think." I do think. Sorry. Last week, a physician and an infectious disease specialist at the University of Oxford's Said Business School, Peter Drobak, told Newsweek, "If you tried to design a super spreader event for COVID nineteen, it would look a lot like one of these rallies." <laughs> <laughs> a super spreader. Josh said Fraggle Rock. I yeah. think that's what it is. Super spreader. Yeah. It's perfectly designed to foster the spread of a respiratory virus. I worry about the risk to attendees, to their loved ones, and to the president, he added. Like, okay, there's a chance of catching all kinds of stuff, but so it is it's true. What yeah. you're saying is not untrue. But no, I mean there there is an increased risk when a bunch of people now and other studies will contradict what I'm about to say. But there is an increased risk when a bunch of people group together very closely that if there is a virus going around, that there will be more spread of the virus than what there otherwise would have been. Unless you set fires, apparently. Unless you, if you set the fires, yeah, then... That's what they yeah. were missing, were mm-hmm. fires and no one stole enough stuff. They were missing fire setters. Even though it was a rally about talking about what we're going to do with stolen stuff. Like right. That's, that's mm-hmm. basically what it was. But they didn't steal enough stuff while they were there. No, that it wasn't the right cause. It was the problem. And the annoying part about this, as I said, was that right after right after the protest started, people were saying, "Oh, it's too soon to think that these are gonna that these are gonna endanger anyone, 
and plus it doesn't matter anyway the the spike in cases is from the is from memorial day celebrations around the country because everyone knows that a memorial day celebration of 15 people that's outside while you're outside grilling is way more dangerous than 100,000 people packed into a couple block radius somewhere but anyway it's really annoying and then we get into the next article which which goes into why this is even more annoying uh, from the Hill, Black Lives Matter protests have not led to a spike in coronavirus cases. Mm, okay. Nope. Now, the Trump rally will. Now, to be, to be fair, once again, we can say to be fair, once again, um, the Trump rally was indoors and the Black Lives Matter rallies are outdoors. And there would be mm. a strong case for being indoors. Although, I don't know if you've ever been in an arena, it's really big. Like there's a lot of open air. It's and, not like it was a basement somewhere that everyone was crowded in. You know, and like I said, arena. Fi- fires at the protests, the heat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you why. They they explain why that there there's been no spread, no increase in spread from the Black Lives Matter protests. <clears throat> from the Hill, uh, following weeks of speculation as to whether or not BLM protests across states would lead to an uptick in coronavirus infections, a study using data from the country's largest cities found no evidence that the demonstrations caused a spike in the number of new COVID-19 cases. Yeah, there's no way. In the paper published by the National, National Bureau of Economic Research, NBER, Several authors analyzed the effects of major BLM protests had on city populations and found that the amount of new cases was offset by individuals who elected to not march and opted to continue social distancing. So somehow, all of the people who were marching and protesting, there were enough people that weren't doing anything uh, that it offset the amount of cases. So we'll, we'll, we'll go through what this headline would tell you and what they actually found in the study because I read the whole study which is what no one is going to do because they're very difficult to read and there's just a bunch of numbers and and no one really cares enough to read it, but there's always a link to the study in these articles. So I, I went to it and I read what they studied and what their methodology was. So uh, let's see. The study was conducted by observing 315 major U.S. cities. Protests took place in 281 of them and did not occur in the other 34. Protests were also differentiated by how long demonstrations lasted, as well as if any violent activities occurred at the time. It says, we find no evidence that urban protests reignited COVID-19 case growth during the more than two and a half weeks following protests onset. The researchers write, we conclude that predictions of broad negative public health consequences of Black Lives Matter protests were far too narrowly conceived. It was just people that were making projections before they had all of the data. Yeah, it's so That's weird. Really bad. Yeah, it's yeah. weird how that happens. Uh, analysis revealed a few key findings, namely that researchers found no evidence that stay-at-home be- behaviors were different in counties which had protests and counties which did not have protests. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Researchers found no evidence that stay-at-home behavior was different in counties which had protests and counties that did not have protests. Just, just so everyone can go it ahead makes, and wrap their head around yeah, that. I, I'm dumber. So put differently, more people stayed home during the protest, which balanced out any new cases contracted by demonstrators. Contracted. They weren't con- contracted to do something. It was a, a virus that was contracted yeah. by demonstrators. Right. Otherwise, well... It wasn't contracted. Community transmission was not a major factor associated with BLM protests. Despite protests compromising the CDC-recommended social distancing protocols, the study proposes that the effect of the protests on social distancing practices was overall positive. 
<laughs> okay, so here's what they found. Now, we have to go through because you have to do this with every article that you ever read. Wait, read the last paragraph because it's funny how they put this at the very end. While it is possible that the protest caused an increase in the spread of COVID-19 <laughs> among those who attended the protest, we demonstrate that the protest had little effect on the spread of COVID-19 for the entire population of the counties with protest during the more than three weeks following the protest onset. Uh, and most, so what they're, what about the people who traveled that? So they go into that. Okay. I, I read that. Yes. They, okay. they said in the last line of the study, they said, our problem with this study is we only studied people who lived in the county where the protest was ah. and not people who traveled to the county. <laughs> so first off, they said it on the last line of the study yeah. is, is what was in there. So this is. First off, when you see an article, you have to ask, what is this headline telling people? Because the headline is what people read, and you pick up your ideas from the headline, and this is where you develop your thoughts inside of your head. So it says, Black Lives Matter protests have not led to a spike in coronavirus cases. Now, what would that tell you, Charlie, when you read that? That if you protest for Black Lives Matter, that there's uh, there's no new cases. Yeah, you, yeah. that it's safe to yeah. go protest yes. during a, during a in fact, pan pandemic it's like a vaccine. The yeah. protest is anti is a is an antidote. Yeah, is an antidote to the virus. There's there's really no danger in going to protest because the protests haven't led to a spike in the cases. Now, what they later talk about is that the reason there hasn't been a spike is that they're talking about the entire population. And what they found was since many of the protests led to violence and curfews and people being scared to go out to places and businesses closing and boarding up because they were worried about being looted, that there were actually more people staying at home during the protests than would normally be staying at home. So that was offset. But what they then go to say is that, of course, the people who went to the protests are going to be more likely to be spreading around coronavirus. But on the effect of the population as a whole, then there's no spike in total cases because so many people were scared to leave their houses during the protests. And which is crazy to think that the, you know, the protests were scarier than a virus that has killed over a hundred thousand people right, so far. Right. But so you have to pay attention to how they manipulate this stuff because here's what you're going to, this is exactly what we talked about with the mask wearing for only white people. You're still going to see this number of black people who are dying from coronavirus at higher rates continue to rise because what this study does say is that, of course, people who went to the protests are going to be more likely to be spreading around coronavirus between people who went to the protests. Right. It still says that. And, and so you're still going to see those numbers increase from people who went to the protests. And then at the end of the year, they're going to say, oh, look, this is a racist virus or there's a, there's a systemic problem in healthcare or there's, you know, systemic racism and, and whatever, whatever. And this is what's going on. And no one will ever pay attention to these little things that were told to people as time was going on. Like, hey, by the way, it's safe to go to a protest. It's actually not dangerous at all. Now, it might be safe to go to a protest. It is outside. We have been talking about how the virus is probably not as dangerous as it has been said to have been. Um, there could be a lot of people who are asymptomatic who haven't gotten been tested from this, uh, maybe there the lack of testing, or maybe it costs money to test, and some people aren't going to pay for it, or some kind of thing like that. Like it could still be dangerous, but then could you also apply the same logic to say talking about lockdown protests as well? 
Would you also, would you think that they would do the same study and conclude that lockdown protests saw no spike in cases? No, no, probably not. I don't think they would do that. And what's funny is the reason they wouldn't is because the lockdown protests weren't violent enough to make people scared to leave their houses. Right. That's the crazy part. <laughs> okay. Everyone, please take a second to wrap your brains around this for a second. Just I, a little bit. I can't. The Black Lives Matter protests didn't lead to a spike because they were so dangerous people were scared to leave their houses. The lockdown protests might lead to a spike because they're safe enough that no one was scared to go anywhere. But what would the narrative be on the two different things? That the lockdown protests were worse. That, that those and were, those were, were yeah, dangerous and the Black Lives Matter protests are just peaceful protests. Right. It's crazy because the study points out that the fact that the protests were so violent is why there wasn't an increase in cases overall for the population. <laughs> the Magoo says pepper spray is an, is an antiseptic. There you go. <laughs> Everyone go get some pepper spray and spray it on your face. If you get COVID-19, get the pepper spray. By the way, I, my conspiracy theory on pepper spray versus tear gas, I think they're... Now listen, they cops use tear gas, okay? They, they do. They use tear gas. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we have seen people talk about, oh, we got tear gassed when they actually got pepper sprayed. Right. I don't completely believe, and listen, we're no avid Trump supporters here. I don't completely believe that they've sprayed straight up tear gas out there before Trump walked out to been, the church. Uh, could have been pepper spray like grenades. Listen, if, I like know. That. They have They those. have little pepper bombs that they yeah. put out, and they put out a big cloud of stuff that makes you feel really terrible and you run away. And I think the media is jumping on and say, oh, we got tear gassed. Well, you had tears in your eyes. It was pepper spray. Yeah, for sure. It's but not, was not it for down your I'm nose. not saying that no one's using tear gas. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is I think you've seen an increase in people saying we got tear gassed when they were actually getting pepper bombed as what was yeah. actually happening. And which it, I don't condone either. Really. I don't like yeah. any of them. Yeah. I'm the, this is no defense of any, of any side right. whatsoever. But just imagine are the, are the police going to be out there tear gassing without any gas masks on at, at all or, or is, no. or is the president going to walk through an area that had just been tear gassed like 30 minutes beforehand? No, probably not. Yeah. I could be way off base on that, but you could see a lot of people saying we got tear gassed that were actually pepper bombed. That doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. It's just cause I question every single thing that I say. And that you I should. See. So I question That's everything. just me being I, a contrarian. I question everything you say too, man. I know. You should. <laughs> you should always. All right. Well, that was a well, how was, that uh, was an episode. How was your birthday hypocrisy episode, man? My birthday hypocrisy? It was good. Well, the, uh, how was your birthday no, episode? No, it was good. That's, this was a good episode. Yeah. yeah we didn't get to talk about any current events back in for the, the last couple days. Saddle. Yeah. Back in the saddle again, man. It was. I'm back. All how right. Did you, how did y'all like those interviews, though, too? I want to know. Send yeah. Let a, us know what you think about those. Send me a message. We're, uh, we're should we do more? Yeah. What do you guys think? What's fun? So when I'm listening to podcasts, I don't like podcasts that have interviews. I'll go ahead and tell you guys that. Which is weird because I do. Now like, I like interviewing people. Like what we about have, Rogan's podcast? I will listen to that, and it, but it's only like if I know who the person is or yeah. if they're going to be. You know, there are some podcasts that are only interviews, and the problem is like you never know if the person you're interviewing is going to be terrible or whatever. So I feel like there's no consistency. So I don't know. I've been trying to listen to more. It doesn't mean that we won't try to uh, schedule more interviews. We're yeah. trying to schedule more interviews right now. I think Matt from uh, JSP is going to be coming on or WPI 
is going to be coming on <laughs> pretty soon. We're going to take a deep dive with him into into the philosophy. So anyway, guys, uh, the market is about to end for the day. And uh, while it's my birthday, I didn't get to trade very much. I've never had good luck on my birthday, by the way, trading. Huh. I've like lost on every time it was my birthday. Have you lost today? No. No, actually, I'm up up today. So you so should, yeah, you should I quit. broke the trend. You should, yeah, you broke the well, trend. There's only a minute and 20 seconds left. There's only, yeah. We, ha we have a lot of people signing up for the class. Legitimately, I've been excited to see the numbers go up every single day. That's been, it's been really cool to see. Uh, there's well over 100 videos on the website. Charlie's about to record, you know, his attempt at a video here pretty soon. And uh, we'll be, you know, teaching you guys anything that you want to know about the stock market, okay? I mean, the, we're going to get to all of it. Keep, We keep making new strategies. We're showing you the strategies that we trade every single day. And uh, if you want to learn how to read a stock chart, how to look at support and resistance, trend lines, what are all these moving averages, how do I use my platform, how do I figure out what's going on, it's not that complicated. You just haven't learned it yet. That's really all it is. And it doesn't take that long to learn. So if you are interested, go to mastermytrades.com. We, you know, this is our other passion. We get up every morning, we do our pre-market analysis with our live group, watching what we're going to trade in the pre-market. And then we trade all morning until the podcast and, uh, and then work on the podcast and trades more after that. So it's really fun, really fun to do. And uh, if you've ever considered trying to find a way to make your own money from home, listen, it's not just going to happen tomorrow. You're not going to start an account and you're going to have money. That's not what's going to happen. But if you do want to build towards a potentially very fruitful career, then the time to start learning. Well, there's the there's the market bell right there. There's the bell. If the time to start learning is right now. You know, the, it's the best time to start learning was five years ago. You know, the, the second best time is right now. So go do that. Mastermytrades.com. Check it out. If you don't like it, just hit the freaking cancel button. Okay, just yeah. cancel it. That's that's fine. We're not going to haggle you. There's no, nothing like yeah, that. No hassle cancelizations. This new website's a lot a lot easier for that. The last one, freaking Wix. Screw Wix. I hate those people. Yeah. Don't use Wix. All right, guys. Unless unless you want to, then you can. But we're going to try to lobby Congress and get it made illegal. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so anyway, go to mastermytrades.com. That was a bunch of useless information right there. But if you want to find useful information, go to mastermytrades.com today. Check it out. Y'all, I mentioned before, sign up for the Patreon group. We got new supporters coming in every single day. And it's been awesome to, to see all of y'all be a part of the fun group that we've got going on. Love and liberty. Making fun of each other. It's all fun and games. It's, it's good stuff. So... <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty for as little as $5 a month. You get a whole bunch of free stuff, which is really cool. But we got people coming in paying $30 a month, 50 bucks a month, um, $10, a lot of, $15. A lot of people at 15 yeah. So that's really cool. Um, all you need is 5 bucks. That's no, it. Maurice. And you can get in on all the stuff that we do. And uh, it's just, it's so much fun. And if you're against death, then you should sign up at good morning. Uh, sorry, at patreon.com <laughs> slash good morning liberty. That's patreon.com slash good morning liberty. Share the show with a friend. Tell someone you love. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Um, and take the, uh, take the 271 episode challenge if you haven't gone back and listened. There's a few people that have done it, which is pretty cool. Why only um, 271? Well, because that's. Oh, sorry. 275 episodes. I mean, the first ones probably aren't worth <laughs> listening to, I would right. say. So yeah. just 271. I mean, plus the, technically we started episode six because the first five right. got lost in a That's tragic why I'm saying 271. Yeah. So I guess that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And so take that challenge. And if you guys, if y'all do all of that, leave us that rating and review. Then we'll be back again tomorrow. 
I hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.